Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. To those of you who support this podcast, thank you so much. Your support helps us put tools in the hands of men and women like you who want to experience a disciple-making movement in their own neighborhood. And if you haven't heard about it yet, because you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes of our podcast or been around anything we've talked about, CDM, Contagious Disciple-Making, has an app. And you can download that from either the Apple App Store or the Android App Store, whichever one you prefer. Download that and you can access all of our um, our content for our podcast. You can access videos. You can access articles. You can access stories of the week all in one place. And guess what? If you listen to a great podcast that you love and want to share it with a friend... You click a button, you can text it to them right away, and then ask their opinion on it. And if you've already downloaded our app and you love it, then you could help us out by going to the app store of your choice and giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Someone left a review today, and I just want to tell you, it made my day just sitting there being able to go, yay, another star, I love it. So please make Rebecca and I's day. Go in and leave a five-star rating and write a review and tell us how you use the CDM app. All right, all right. Today, today we're going to be talking about something pretty important. Uh, Rebecca and I coach, literally spend hundreds of hours coaching people. And so that gives us a very broad understanding, a broad uh, picture of what is going on in the area of disciple making movements and equipping disciple makers throughout the United States, Canada, and around the world. And we've been noticing something that we want to talk about today. We are noticing that a lot of Discovery Bible studies are, are starting to fizzle out earlier in the process than, than they should. I mean, obviously, we don't want any to fizzle out, but sometimes it happens, and they're happening earlier and earlier, and Rebecca and I have identified what we think is one of the problems that is causing people's Discovery Bible studies to not get off the ground. Right. So our question for today is, do, have you had any Discovery Bible studies that you, you started and it seemed like it was going to go awesome, but it fizzled out pretty fast? Or maybe you started the Discovery Bible study and the pers- the people were just not sharing. They just weren't doing any of the actions as a result and everything. And it just, you figured, well, maybe eventually it'll come, and but it really didn't come. And at best, it didn't multiply. You know, at worst, they didn't even receive Jesus. And so, and and just started walking away. You know, uh, one of the reasons why this could be happening is because we're not having, we're, we're popping, essentially we're popping the question, are, do, would you like to do DBS a little too soon mm-hmm. in the process? And remember our principle of DMM is that we ask when a person is ready to hear that we are we 
we bring things along when they're ready for that moment. And so one of the things we're going to be talking about today is how to know when a person is ready and how even also how to develop a person to where they will be ready for DBS. You know, because guys, one of the things that we see is that a lot of times people use disciple-making methods and dis- or at least say disciple-making methods. They'll just say, hey, I'm for DMM. And then they use the Discovery Bible Study tool to still practice the idea of extraction evangelism. Now, real quick, in case you've not heard the term extraction evangelism before, uh, what we mean is that it is a usually a presentation model of evangelism or some model of evangelism that is designed to remove someone from their natural context, their family, their silo, their oikos, in order to bring them to a relationship with Jesus and baptize them. That process doesn't work in disciple-making movements because what we want to do is disciple the whole oikos, the whole family, the whole silo together as one group of people along a journey rather than to get a quick presentation of one person, have them receive Jesus, and then have them be an outsider of their group. And you might sit there and say, well, I don't believe in that. I don't want that, you know, or something like that. And I don't intend to try to do things that will intentionally pull people from their from their families and stuff. It's like, okay, you may not intentionally be doing it, but how some of the methods in which we use, even in the name of DMM or Discovery Bible Study, ends up leading to an extraction of a person from a family or from their friend units or whatever that is. We, what it is is we have a tendency to engage, or what we say, or in other words, talk to one person, one-on-one, that we separate them out, we hang out with just them, have conversations with just them, and then they get to a bare level of spiritual uh, interest. And then we're like, hey, come read the Bible with us. Yeah, it's like, then, it's like, it's like it's, uh, you're going along, and all of a sudden you're, they ask you, what did you do this weekend? And you sat there and said, well, you know, I went to church and hung out with some friends. They go, you know, I thought about going to church once. And then all of a sudden it's like, do you want a discovery Bible study with me? You know, it may <laughs> not be that extreme. May not be that but extreme. Almost that extreme. It, you may well, it, some people may be that, yep, that, that yep. extreme. Yep, yep. I've had we've and, and we've coached to, people. Oh my goodness. But but maybe you're like, well, we've had some spiritual conversations, mm. you know, and stuff, and we and I know them, you know, and stuff and so, but we get to a, a a level where we're like, okay, they have some spiritual interest. Let's ask them to to read the Bible with us, and then they then they say, okay, maybe some of them do, some of them don't <laughs> say okay, but the few that do say yes, I'll do that. They start reading the Bible with us, but strangely, either they fizzle out, you know, they do they meet once or twice, and then oh well, I don't know, and it just fizzles out. Or they, like we said, they they don't really share the stories mm-hmm. with their family or with anybody else around them. And what happens is that they start going through this process of learning who God is while their family and their friends and nobody else does. And it starts widening the gap between them and the rest of their family until finally they're if if they manage to go along this process still and are still interested in God and Jesus and all that, if they get to a place to where they might say a prayer or something 
Now they're fully extracted from their family or group and we're like, what do we do with them now that they're a believer and nobody else around them is? Well, I guess we just now put them into our church until they can be able to do that, which oftentimes means it rarely actually Mm -hmm. gets to their families because now they've been fully extracted. Right. And we've also found the fact that if, they, if they've if they gotten to a place where they're not sharing the stories with their friends and family, the likelihood that they are actually having concrete, obedient statements that they're obeying when they're not with you, the likelihood that they're actually serving other people also is diminished. So all those things are very, very closely related to um, to being able to share the story. So where are we going wrong? in this. Well, first off, like I said, the principle that we know from DMM and and things like that is that we should not be trying to push things before they're ready. In other words, we shouldn't be asking people to say prayers or to do anything, you know, do certain religious activities or whatever until they're ready for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's including asking a person to DBS. And you might say, well, how am I supposed to know if they're going to be ready for DBS? I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> this is why we have deeper spiritual and more uh, and more effective discovery conversations with people. Some of you may know about our our uh, conversation quadrant tool that that Paul has come up with. In case you don't know what that is, go to probably right now. Go over to the CDM videos section of the app and look up you know conversation quadrants, and you can be able to see what we're talking about when it comes to this. Come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. That's right. That's right. But but basically, you know, we're not just supposed to have casual and meaningful conversations barely dip our toe into the the spiritual conversations and hop into into DBS. We're supposed to have more spiritual and and deep and meaningful discovery conversations because it's those things that actually prepare people for DBS and also help us know if they're ready for or they're going to be interested in something like DBS truly. And so this leads us to an important question. You know, first off, just to review, what exactly are discovery conversations as opposed to mere spiritual conversations? Well, discovery conversations are more than just, you know, like you said, more than just a spiritual conversation. They're not sharing your thoughts, beliefs, and experiences about God. And it's not just listening to the thoughts, beliefs, and experiences that other people, the person you're talking to, have had about God and their general spiritual journey and things like that. Uh, yeah, dis- that's more spiritual conversation. Yeah, that's that's spiritual conversation. So they're they're not those. So what is it? It's when we introduce a a passage of scripture, usually a narrative passage, or maybe a verse, you know, like often from maybe Proverbs or Psalms or things like that, that speaks specifically to the topic of conversation uh, that we're having with this person who doesn't follow Christ yet. And it often mimics the elements of a discovery Bible study and how we go about it. So, uh, you know, in other words, our, we're not trying to preach at them. We're not trying to, you know, uh, get them ready to accept Christ. We're, we're introducing the story that we feel is connects with them. So that's why, first off, we listen to them. Mm-hmm. We're trying to discover, you know, what are they struggling with? What is their heart 
need, you know, what are they yearning for? And we're thinking what story connects with where they are that speaks to where they are, maybe a character they can really identify with in the Bible. And we tell, we connect there, there, and then we tell them that story and thereby connecting whatever they're dealing with or thinking about with something from the Bible that speaks to it. Yeah, so sometimes the moment, you know, you're talking, you're listening to them, and you're at the same time, you're asking the Lord, Lord, is there a story or a verse that could connect to what mm-hmm. this person is telling me right now? And sometimes he'll give you one in that moment, and you just look at him and say, you know, while you were talking, a story from the Bible came to my mind. Do you mind if I share it? And then mm-hmm. you simply retell it. You don't explain it. You don't do anything. You retell it, and you and then and then you know we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what you do afterwards in a second. Sometimes you might be like me, and you walk away from a conversation, and you're like, "Man, I didn't think of anything." But about ten minutes later, a story comes to mind. Or while you're laying on your bed, ready to go to sleep, a story comes to mind. And you're like, "Oh, I should have sort said that story." Well, if this is somebody you'll see again, it's very easy to come back to them and say, "You know, I was thinking about what you told me yesterday." And it reminded me of a story. Do you mind if I share it with you? And then you're able to then tell the story and move on with the conversation. But the key is, is it is a now a conversation around a passage of scripture or a verse in the Bible. And so again, it's supposed to mimic, you know, the experience of a DBS. Right. So, so you're asking them, so what, how, what do you think about this story uh, you know, in what we've been talking about, or, or what are you, what is your opinion about it? And get them talking about what they think mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe even asking them, well, how, what difference would it make, you know, and stuff. And I mean, that doesn't mean that you don't share any of your thoughts in regards to it too. It's a conversation between the both of you. But again, it's a sharing element between the both of you and you're allowing them to be able to air out their real ideas and thoughts and and beliefs surrounding it. And I want to underscore what you said earlier. This is not preaching. Those of you who are listening who come from a ministry background, this is where you will struggle. Because you (laughs) want to unpack the Greek words. You want to give the historical context text. Because let's just face it, you geek out over this just as much as a guy geeks out over the Dallas Cowboys on a Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving in the United States. So I'm just saying, you know... Or um, you might feel like you're going to like, hey, you need to do this because of this, and you need to do X, Y, and Z. You know, uh, this teaches you that blah, 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 blah. So in other words, it can come across as very, like, very preachy. Right, and, and you, know, you, and don't, you don't want to do that. Literally, you're just saying... What you said brought this story to mind. Can I share it? When they give you permission to share it, you share the story, and then you ask, you just ask some questions. What do you think about that? How, you know, if it was true, how would it apply to what you're going through right now? And the thing is, guys, is after you have a good conversation about it, uh, now hopefully by this time you know people, uh, know the people in their life enough to be able to do this. Say, why don't you share this with your husband or your wife or your 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 friends. So in other words, you know enough about the people around their life to know who is actually, mm-hmm. you know, close to them. And say, why don't you share with those people and get their opinion on it? And, let, and I'd like to hear what they have to say. Yeah. And so what, As, what this does is it normalizes the whole idea of sharing the passage. Right. And so what it is, is that through that, they're going to put to strike out in a very natural organic way we do this all the time hey you know let me know what they think and they start nor like paul said normalizing this particular thing but 
But really what this is, you, you ask, like, how do we know if a person's ready? Well, if a person is sharing the story with the people around them, mm-hmm. then that is the indication that they, they would be ready for Discovery Bible Study. That's right. That's right. Because if they're sharing this story, they're going to probably do something about it, and they're probably going to be interested in hearing more, and it's going to be more long, longer lasting. That's exactly right. So, guys, this is a, you know, that's what a discovery conversation is. Uh, so then let's put it back into the context of what we should be doing. So, like I said, we, the point is we need to have patience. Mm-hmm. The, the spiritual and discovery conversations are what help us in the process of bridging the gap between just mere spiritual interest and actually saying, yes, I want to discover, I want to discover more. I want this to transform my life and, and things like that. And so what we're doing is through these conversations where we're acting as God's guidance and discipling them into already acts of hearing or reading a passage, changing and sharing with others, even before they officially start the DBS. And so, like I said, it helps bridge that gap and it helps actually teach the habit even before you actually start the the study itself. You know, I think it also just builds that stronger relationship. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, we're going to, when we read scripture with people, it's going to put stress in their life. It is because God is asking them to change and Satan doesn't want them to change and their own fleshly nature doesn't often want to change. And so we need a bit of relationship, not not an extreme amount of relationship. We're not talking about, you know, a year, five, ten years. It can be done very quickly, but there needs to be a little bit of relationship built in order to sustain the stresses of a discovery Bible study. So guys, if we were to, you know, just kind of put this into salient points, discovery conversations should lead us to spiritual sharers and not just spiritually interested people. You know, because again, when we're trying to start discovery Bible studies, we're not just looking for people who are mildly spiritually interested. We're looking for people who would be who would share the story that would really be able to, to want to, to have this kind of change. And so through again, through this, we're going to either discover that's who they is and who they are in the first place. Or we're able through that relationship and having those conversations, they become that particular person who is who is ready for for this transformation and sharing others with him. You know, discovery conversations should lead to groups as well and not just individuals. That's something Rebecca and I are noticing a lot. In the United States, uh, we're seeing a lot of one-on-one discovery Bible studies started as opposed to discovery groups. And some people think that it's because we have an individualistic Western culture. I actually want to sit there and say that I think that a big part of the reason that we're getting to discovery Bible studies instead of groups is that we're not taking the time to have discovery conversations with someone before we inv- and make sure that they're spiritual sharers before we invite them into a discovery Bible study. So think about this as you're asking them to share the story, 
then um, then they're getting the opinions of other people. So at such a point in time when you want to start a Discovery Bible study, now it's, hey, do you want to invite Aunt Sue and, and Uncle John and, and Mabel? That we've already been talking You've about. You've already been talking these stories with. Do you, want to, do you want them to come along too and read these stories together? And so you've already primed the pump, so to speak, for this to be a natural transition as opposed to this all of a sudden at the dining room table they're blurting out do you want to come read the bible with me and like this guy that you never met yeah right and that that goes to what I, the other part of this is that we need to be actually spending time with the whole families and friend groups and through that mm. be having these deep conversations too if ever possible. Yeah. So in a, in other words again because we pop the question of DBS so soon and getting to know this person and getting to know that their spiritual condition we don't actually take the time to get to to get to know their families to get to know the people around them. Hey, I'm just going to put this this is a side note. This is a side note that, you know, Though you might have met the family through this one particular person, you might find someone else in the family is actually far more right. spiritually interested and sharers and 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 maybe even the spiritual leader in this whole thing. So again, you're getting to know the family and through that, you're not just having these conversations with that one person. You actually can have some of these conversations as a group. Right. And so one of the things that, um, that, you know, how does that look? What does that look like? Well, let's say you met this uh, guy at work and you've gotten to know him. You've had some, maybe some spiritual conversations with him in the break room, or even, even maybe had a discovery conversation around a passage of scripture. And then you're, you know, just socially, you're going to go watch the football game on, uh, you know, on the weekend, or maybe you're going to watch the MMA fight that's coming up, the next UFC fight or whatever. You just sit there and say, Hey, you know, I know that you got a girlfriend. You and your girlfriend want to come over to my house and watch the fight. I'm going to have some other friends there and I'd love to meet everybody. And so you're now inviting them into this social setting where multiple people are there and you can get to know them. Or, hey, I thought about going to the beach this Saturday. Do your family want to join my family? We can go to the beach and have a great time. And so now you can you can meet one another, you can have those conversations, and once again, this family doesn't have this huge barrier to get to know you and your family uh, when you invite them to read the Bible with you. Because guys, we want to reduce the occurrence of extraction and people being separated from their families. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the other day I was watching a play about a missionary, and uh, and what part of the play was was showing how some people had to, you know, how they were you know, persecuted and rejected by their families because they came to know Jesus, but the rest of the family didn't. Now, we're never going to be able to get away from that happening completely. Jesus says that it was going to happen. We're going to have to expect it to happen because mm -hmm. people have free will. They can choose whether or not to accept God or not. But how we do the methods, if we just spend it with some people, having some conversations with them without having them share the stories and without getting to try to reach the entire family... These things are going to happen more and more and more often, and it's just heartbreaking. And not just for the person leaving their family, quite frankly, it's heartbreaking for the people that are left behind that don't get to come to know Jesus and all that. And so guys, the other factor in this is that groups, they just, they're, they're better. They're better. They're better and stronger than individual discovery Bible studies. 
Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. I mean, we're talking about, you know, millions of people have come to know Jesus through discovery groups around the world in multiple contexts across multiple socioeconomic groups. And we know for a fact that groups learn faster than individuals. They remember more. They replicate faster and more often that a group protects against bad leadership and heresy, that groups self-correct, and that groups hold one another accountable at a level that a, that individual, you, you, know, you holding them accountable would accomplish. Yeah, that one person that is doing DBS with you, you know, instead of them just having to cut you out of their life, you know, if they decide not to, to, to do something or whatever, it hard to cut their family out of their life right, right. because they don't want to do something simple. So there, in other words, there's greater positive social pressure mm-hmm. to be able to actually do those things. So it's just, it works better, people. I mean, it, it just works better. Really so does. again, these type of conversations will lead to stronger DBSs or in this case, discovery groups. Now, guys, the last factor of all this is that discovery conversations we're having them along the process of developing strong relationships with the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. And that these strong relationships in of themselves will, will lead to stronger DBSs. Because if we have d- strong relationships with unbelievers, then it's going to help fortify against what Satan's trying to do in their life. Satan's going to want to try to take away, to get them to fall away, to get them distracted, to get them too busy, to get them uninterested, maybe even intimidate them into not continue this process. But hey, if they have that, if they have a stronger relationship with you, then it's going and and or the group is is in this together, then it's going to help overcome that spiritual warfare against that and make them more likely to continue. And along with that, it also would give them a greater resolve mm-hmm. to change and seek God. Because they, if if even if they're doing an individual study with you, they're experiencing his love and his guidance and his presence, you know, through you as you're doing life more together. You know, on the note of of building deeper relationships, I just want to make this comment. That even when you've started a discovery group or discovery Bible study with someone, you should spend extra relationship time with that person outside of the discovery Bible study or group. Right. Go have coffee. Go see a movie. Go to the beach. Go play together. Because there's nothing like, you know, everything being all social. And then all of a sudden it goes into... It's all business. It's all business. And they feel like a project. They feel used. Yeah, it makes them feel like a project. Well, we do that with people when we sit there and we do all this relational stuff with them. And then all of a sudden they say yes to a Discovery Bible study. And now everything we do is about Discovery Bible study. And nothing we do is about seeing them and loving them as a person. And that's just not right. So guys, you know, it's so true. We want to develop that relationship beforehand and during. In fact, if anything, we lean in to Mm -hmm. relationship during these times because, again, it's going to fortify against, you know, the spiritual warfare or anything that that would discourage them from continuing. And so we're acting as, you know, God's love and protection in their lives in this particular process. Now, guys, I just, you know, in closing to all this, all these things with this, you know, is is a big factor with those who their method 
of trying to start DBSs does not include developing relationships with the people before doing so. Yeah. How they go about it is to, again, have these, you know, few chance moment encounters and or maybe even just a poll out there saying, hey, who's interested? And then starting the DBS from there, you know, we're going to have to learn how to take those engagements and perhaps the, the, the next step isn't discovery Bible study. It's developing relationship with them while having some spiritual and discovery conversations and seeing if they really would be ready for discovery Bible study. You know, I found most often, I'm just going to call it out, is that in the United States, we found that those that are, are kind of saying that they're doing DMM, but they're also their, their methodologies are actually really extracting people and doing focusing on one-on-one, that they're, they're operating under a strategy that emphasizes person of peace encounters. Um, and I just want to call that out. And so I, and when I start seeing it happen, I'm like, so what are you doing? Oh, we're looking for a person of peace. Well, let me just tell you, that's based on a misunderstanding of what the person of peace is all about. And Rebecca did an interview with my father about the person of peace that unpacks what that, what that really was all about so that you can add that and it'll, it'll sit there and help you understand really what the person of peace was for and what it was about and how that cloaked method of extraction that people are calling searching for a person of peace is not actually was what it was all about. So go to the app, look under interviews with David Watson, and look for person of peace, and you'll be able to listen to that interview and be able to, to really get an understanding of really how the person of peace fits into it and how most people in the United States are not using it properly and shooting themselves in the foot. But in conclusion, guys, the whole point is for us to be developing relationships with people, genuinely showing them love throughout this entire process, Mm -hmm. and that our overall goal is for us to be discipling them in the habits of listening, reading to, to, to God's word, and knowing how to obey and share it with other people. And uh, all on their own, being able to do that uh, on their own. And so we can, like I said, we can already be developing that in them before they officially start the DBS and it, it, and help them bridge the gap between, hmm, I'm somewhat spiritually interested to, yeah, I really want to be able to seek what this is all about. That's right. That's right. I'm Paul Watson. This is Rebecca Ewing, and you've been listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash faithworks, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. And if you haven't downloaded our app yet, you should go to your favorite app store, download it, and you can listen to this podcast right there and access all the other resources that we have suggested. And if you already already downloaded our app, do us a favor, make our day, give us a five-star rating and write a review and tell us how you've been using the app and the differences made in your disciple-making journey. Until next time, go and make disciples. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast and supporting us on Patreon. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app. Join us in the journey of becoming world-changing disciple makers.